Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Welcome, Secrets of Success listeners. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, today's show is going to be so, so exciting. It's interesting how we're going to be talking about the law of attraction with Michael Lozier. And Michael and I go back 15 years ago where I did an interview of him for over an hour just on his new book when it was coming back out way back in 2003. He has rocked it since then, selling over 3 million copies of his book. I didn't know that until we got into the middle of the interview. But one of the things that really want to challenge us when we think about it is when we, our thoughts matter and our thoughts are generating our results in life. So if I say to you, I don't want you to think of a black bear right now. I don't want you to think of a black bear. I don't want you to consider a black bear. I don't want you to even visualize a black bear. I mean, you're all thinking about a black bear. And so what we have in life, and this is the beauty of this interview is we have what we say, not necessarily what we want. And so I was um, uh, taken aback, but also excited that Michael was reminding me of principles that I'd learned a couple of decades ago, but we can, we can fall into doing things uh, with uh, just really not paying attention. And so it was just a great, great show, even for me, personally. So we look forward to you joining us and listening to it, and it is going to transform your life or verify and acknowledge and enhance what you already know. There are special individuals that come into our lives periodically who really transform how you think about things, how they are able to immediately equip you to win in life, but also to help us to get rid of those barriers, those ways of thinking that hinder us from going forward. What all success, which all of us want somehow or another, but for some reason, there's a blockage. There are things that are in the way that hinder us. And so today I'd like everybody to welcome uh, an old friend who I had interviewed and met many, many years ago, and we were just in the same pro- beautiful province of British Columbia, Michael Lozier, who has written several books, but the book that we're going to start with in the beginning is The Law of Attraction. He's written a new book on life purpose. But Michael, welcome to the show. Hello, Ken, and welcome to uh, everyone that's listening. Thanks for having me on today. Well, it's a pleasure and it's a privilege and uh, guess you are just going to be rocked in a positive way. So, Michael, you got into this space of, you know, professional development. We'll get into your book, The Law of Attraction, a little bit. But I, as I do with most uh, interviews, just really curious about your journey. How did you come to get into this space? What, what is your your series of sort of events and decisions that got you to this? So. First of all, where you came from, what were you doing before, and then how did you kind of progress into this? Yes, good question. Well, I'm originally from Eastern Canada in New Brunswick, and I was very mousy. I was very shy. I was very introverted, introverted rather. And um, yeah, I didn't put myself out there, you know, just low self-esteem, all of that, all of that old stuff. Mm-hmm. I moved from, I graduated with a business diploma in accounting. 
I ended up getting a job transfer to Victoria, BC. Not a job transfer, I got a job offer. And I was working with the Canadian government, and I was a project manager. And I have to thank the Canadian government for some of my training. You know, when you're a project manager, it's really an, an adult babysitter, with all due respect. You know, okay. you're managing people, you're managing what motivates them and what turns them off and what speeds them up and why they slow down. And, and there's a lot to know about the different communication styles, as you know. So I was immersed in a lot of that study, particularly NLP, Neuro Linguistic right. Programming. So when I learned more about NLP, I started to apply it at work. You know, I was a supervisor, and I would identify someone's communication style, and I would know how to ask questions that satisfy them. And so I'm understanding NLP a lot. Then one day, a friend invited me to go to Seattle to go see Abraham Hicks, who at that time were some of the only people that were teaching law of attraction. Now, I have books from 1906 and 1915 on the subject of law of attraction. And then it was hidden for many, many years. And then it started to surface again in like probably 1985. You know, that's when I saw the word again. I thought, wow, attraction, what is that? And even when I heard it, I didn't get it or understand it. Mm -hmm. So I go to the seminar in Seattle. Remember, I'm a government employee, limited income, all that other stuff that comes with the job job. So I'm on the ferry because I live in, on an island. I'm on the ferry on the way back after the seminar, and I thought, wow, this really resonated with me. You know, it felt like the right thing. It all made sense to me. Because mm. up until that point, I understood the relationship between when I was negative, I attracted negative things, right? And then when I was positive, I attracted positive things. I never used those words, but I knew the pattern. And then when I heard about law of attraction, I said, well, that makes sense. The universe will give me positive things when I'm positive. And remember, I was introverted, so I avoided negativity. So I was pretty positive. But what I didn't understand was, well, why would the universe attract, why, why would it bring me negative things? That, that, it doesn't work anymore. It didn't make sense, right? Because we mm. think the universe is all loving. But with all due respect, the universe isn't very smart, but it is very obedient. And the key message that I learned when I was in Seattle was law of attraction is this energy around us, and it's responding to the vibe that we have, whether it's negative or positive, and it matches it. Mm. Mm. So now I'm back home in Victoria, and I'm excited. So I called my good friend, Linda Story, who was an NLP master practitioner, and we got together one Sunday, and I talked about the law of attraction. And then she started to relate how it related to NLP terms, like reframing and future mm. pacing and presuppositions, all these jargony words in NLP. So what her and I did, we started to meet every Sunday in a little tiny office that she had, two of us. And then we start to develop things. We start to develop processes. And as you know, it's one thing to read something, but it's another thing to have a process or a formula. Right. Now, at this time, I wasn't telling anybody about it. It was too weird. It was too bizarre. But people were asking. They said, well, how is it that you're so positive? And how is it that every time you talk about something, the next week you have it, and it's like, you're such a great manifester. Now, even back 20 years ago, that was a rare word. Not a lot of people used the word manifester. So I said, well, I'm studying law of attraction. Why don't you come to my house on Sunday? Q, uh, uh, move forward a year later. I have 44 people coming to my house, a small apartment, and people are bringing cushions. Now, you know, when you have 44 people show up at a meeting every Sunday, you have to take lead, right? Somebody has to be in charge. So I took lead, and I would settle the group down, and I would recap the lessons, and before you know it, People were coming early, and more people wanted to come. So what I did is that I developed my law of attraction processes 
combined with NLP in my group of 44 people. And then I start to charge money. I'm still working for the government full time. So this is all happening on the weekends and on, on weeknights. So I eventually put down, uh, and oh, here's the other thing you learn. When you meet with 44 people for five or six months, the questions are always the same, right? There was always just about five or six things. How do, you know, money, relationships, health, career, love, you know, those kind of things were all common. All the, all the core uh, needs that we all desire. Well, That's most right. of these were real common. And after a while, I would just use the answer I had before because it worked before, and then I would sprinkle in some NLP, and, and, and people were getting results. You know, I was teaching them. So I developed the, the processes and the worksheets, and then I start to do eight-week series. Okay, now I'm going to move you up another year. Now it's 1999, and I'm getting busy with Law of Attraction, all free stuff. So I started doing teleclasses every Thursday night for free for a year. And it was on the law of attraction. At one time, I owned a teleclass center, and I was training people how to lead classes on mm. teleclass format. Now we call them conference calls or webinars, but these are right. just on the phone. So, um, so what was happening is that I would deliver the same class over and over and over again, and people would send me emails, and they would say, wow, I love when you said this. I love that worksheet. I love the example that you gave. I love the NLP tool that you gave. So, um, you know... And at this time, I thought, I'm going to write a book one day. So even before I did the table of contents, I got the book cover designed, and I put it on a web page. It was lawofattractionbook.com. The only thing on it was a book, and it said, do you want to be notified when the book is ready? Now, at this time, I was a positive thinker, so I was thinking a lot in the future. I had no idea about a book. I knew nothing about writing a book, but I did a cover. And after every class on Thursday night for a year, I would direct people to that page to get the class notes. So queue to the end of the year. Now I have 5,000 people that said they want to be notified. It's like Michael Roche, you have to get off the pot here. There's 5,000 people waiting for a book. So I go to a seminar wow. that the government hosted, and then after the seminar, I went up to the speaker because he was staying overnight in Victoria. I said, you want me to show you around Victoria? He said, yes. So we went for dinner, and I told him my real secret. I love being on stage. It's my favorite place. I love training. And that's what I did for the government, except it wasn't law of attraction. It was more IT kind of conversations. So I'm telling this author that, or the speaker that I'd really love to, you know, he said, well, you need to have a book. That would help. And I thought, I don't have a book. I'm a government employee. And it wasn't until on the way home I thought, I have a book. I've been mm. teaching this class for a year. I've got a box full of thank you cards and thank you notes. And remember earlier I said people said they loved when I did this and this. So I took a year, and I gave all those big boxes of notes to somebody, and they compiled it into probably a 400-page document. And then I spent a year still working for the government and making it to um, 144 pages. Meanwhile, my last year of the government, I was the first employee ever in the Ministry of Highways to get a four-day work week. I took a cut in pay, and I went from Monday to Friday. Now I'm working four days. So now Fridays uh, was my law of attraction day. I'd go anywhere, Ken. I'd go to coffee shops. I'd go to meetings. I'd go to breakfast meetings. I'd go to women's groups and anybody. I'd go to the newspaper and find out who was meeting on Friday. Oh, yeah, this group meets on Fridays. I'd call them and say, do you need a speaker? I created everything myself. I, I, went, I felt the fear, and I'd call people and say, oh, I'm a speaker. I talk about law of attraction. So now I'm working on Fridays. And every time on a Friday when I was giving my signature presentation, I would upsell them to a monthly seminar, charging $99 for a full day. The first time I had a th 100 people, or sorry, 10 people. Now remember, I'm working for the government, and I just made $1,000 in one day. That was exciting, right? 
So mm-hmm. I followed my model on Fridays, Thursday night and Fridays and Saturday Sunday. Anywhere I could talk about law of attraction, I would go. I'm collecting emails, and then eventually I had 20 people and 30 people. Q one year, now I have 120 people signing up once a month. So now I'm making $12,000 a day. I wasn't making that in six months with the government. Are you understanding where I'm going here? <laughs> yes. So uh, in 1999, I left the government, and once I opened up my work week, everything changed, right, because I didn't have the energy to do anything more. And now I'm doing, I'm doing luncheons on Tuesdays and 3 o'clock on went like I had so much flexibility. Uh, and then I, I self-published my book, which means you self-publish means you self-pay everything, the artist, the graphics, the proofreader, the copy editor, the printing, the distribution. And I said, well, I have a database. I'm just going to take a risk. And I ordered 5,000 books from a Canadian printer in, um, in Winnipeg, Friesen's. And they were 97 cents a book. That's what it cost me to book at 5000 And they called me on a Monday and said, we're, and I had a brand new credit card, zero balance. That was gonna, I had no money. I was a government employee outside of making this other money. So they called me and said, the books are going to arrive on Thursday, cash on delivery or payment on delivery. I sent the email out on Monday to 5,000 people, and I sold every book. I woke up on Tuesday, and I opened my email, and it said this, you've got a sale. You've got a sale. You've got a sale. And I thought I had a bug in the system. It was scrolling. I sold every book in two days. What did that feel like, Mike, at that time to really transition into this space and and actually fulfill what you teach by having that many people sort of respond instantly? What were sort of the emotions that you went through there? You know, well, I I remember it well. You know, these were people that had joined me in class. I had a relationship with them. It wasn't a cold sell. It wasn't like I was at this bookstore talking about a book nobody knew about. So I kind of had a relationship with them. So some people were doing it because they liked me, some were lawyer clients, and some people just wanted to have a book on it. So that was very exciting. But on the end of Monday night, I hit overwhelm. I thought, I've got 5,000 books coming, and I have to mail them. I have mm. to take one book per envelope. I have to label it. I have to stamp it. And, and then I get into overwhelm. And a little voice said, well, you know what? It's time to ask for help. So I emailed my friends, and I said, I need a book stuffing party. So people came to my house on Saturday. My friends came, and I bought, you know how many envelopes? 5,000 envelopes. I bought hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of stamps. And I signed a book, and somebody stuffed it and licked the stamp and put it on. And it took a full day. I mailed all the books out. And it's like, ah. And then people start to get their books. I had none left. Three days later, I'd like a 10-pack, please. Can I order 12 of those new books? So this, I, didn't, I wasn't reaching out to anybody new. The 5,000 people that book were now buying more books. Mm. So to make a long story short, I sold a quarter of a million books, self-published, on my own, at $21.95. My book came out in 2003. Then I was asked to be in The Secret because Rhonda Burns had read my book. She loved the section on allowing. I declined the offer twice because they wanted to own the rights to my, that section in my book. So at that time, it wasn't a big deal. It was just because I was having a lot of people taking advantage of me, and I was easy to take advantage of back then. I was excited. I was a new entrepreneur mm. leaving the government. I'd say yes to anything. Anything you ask me, I'd say I'm going to do that. So people were taking my information and... So I said no to The Secret. So The Secret came out in 2006, and, um, 
and they, it was called The Secret, but within the book they called it Law of Attraction. And then, uh, I think about seven months later, Oprah interviewed them on the, on the TV, some members of The Secret. And with all due respect, they contradicted each other, and they interrupted each other, and they were kind of selling, you know, one would say, well, I developed this, they were all, I can't believe that Oprah passed the whole show because it was like a big sales pitch. And I was, mm. I was resentful because I wasn't in it for a little bit until I eventually, after six months, I did watch the first 15 minutes of The Secret, and I thought, oh, there's still a place for me. And my place mm. was the tools. Because The Secret stimulated millions of people around the world, and it was very inspirational, but it didn't give you the how-to, and that's what my book right. was about. You know, in my writing, I use NLP and accelerated learning techniques, so I know how to write to all four styles. Whether you're an auditory writer or you like visual or you're kinesthetic or where you're a thinker, you'll like the style of my book. So two days after the Oprah show call um, airs, I'm on an airplane and I'm, um, I'm landing in Phoenix and my sister, who's my assistant, still is, calls me and said, you'll never guess who called. And, oh, I, and I would have never guessed. You're right. I would have never guessed. She said, a producer from the Oprah show called and they're trying to fix a problem that they had on the show last week. And I thought, oh, I knew what that problem was. And they can't find your book anywhere. At this time, my book wasn't very available, right? I, had it, I didn't even have it on Amazon at the time. So mm. my sister sent them a book on Monday morning. And Tuesday morning, we got another call. Diane says, you'll never guess who called. I said, not the office. Yeah, Oprah's. A so another producer called. This happened three days in a row. We got a call Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from three different producers. They didn't know each other was working on the pro project or problem. Wow. Then on Friday, when they had their uh, a meeting, like their um, producers meeting, the head producer called and apologized for having to rush three books to three producers, and they bought a box of books. The Oprah office bought a box of books. Another week later, the producer called and said, Oprah's got your book in her purse. You know what I said? Can you get a picture of that? <laughs> and she said she'd like to interview you on her Soul Series radio show. And this is a cute story, then I'm going to wind it down. So I was in Australia. I came back from Australia. I got to Vancouver, and I needed to be on a satellite radio station. So I stayed in Vancouver a day to go to the CBC radio that's in Vancouver. So I go to the radio station. I get in the, off or in the booth, and then Oprah comes on. And not a lot of chit-chat, as you know, with radio interviews. It's like next, next, next. So I get on the mm -hmm. interview, and she was quoting my book. She said, I love when you talked about the three-step formula. And to me, honestly, I, know what, I knew it was her voice, but to me it was another interview, right? I treated it as always. I wasn't starstruck. I wasn't like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. It was like, hey, I'm, I'm doing my job. And when the, when the reader knows your book, or sorry, when the interviewer knows your book, it's sweet, right? Mm -hmm. So I did a really good job. The half hour was up, and this was in February. So we hung up from the phone because that's what happens after most interviews. Then I put my winter coat on, I put my knapsack on, my backpack, I zipped it up, I put my hat on, and I'm ready to go, and the producer taps on the glass, he said, Oprah wants to say something. I said, oh, Oprah's back. So, you know, I thought it was going to be a thank you. I pick up the phone, I heard the jingle music, and then she said, you heard him last week, we had to bring him back this week. So I did a second interview with Oprah, with the winter coat zipped up to the top, hat on, headphones on, and a zipped up backpack for a half hour and it happened four times so i was the most interviewed guest on the soul series with her show it became one of the highest rated interviews she ever did 
And after they aired, I got a call and said, Michael, Oprah wants you to do your own radio program on the Oprah and Friends Network. So I would go to Chicago once a month, and I would record four shows for the month. And then my book went crazy. My book went to number three. Uh, the number, book, number one book was Harry Potter. The number two book was The Secret. Number three was Michael Oshie, a self-published author from out of nowhere. Wow. And Michael, I didn't know that. Congratulations on that. That is like awesome. Oh, you're welcome. That's awesome. So meanwhile, Ken, I'm getting calls and emails from all over the world from publishers from other countries because they check Amazon to find out what's hot, right? Because they want to translate it. So mm -hmm. they would call me and say, Mr. or email, Mr. Loge, we're from Uruguay or we're from uh, uh, Indonesia or Malaysia or wherever it was, all over the world, places I had to look at the map. I didn't know. I wasn't worldly at the time. <laughs> so I, they said, can I speak to your foreign rights manager? Now you can imagine the blank look on my face. Yeah, of course. Just hang on. Let me just look in the mirror. Oh, he's here now. Yeah, he's here now. So I wrote back, I write back and I said, well, right now we're collecting a list and we'll have somebody get back to you. So within two weeks, I had 37 countries email me looking for a foreign rights manager. So I thought, I'm in trouble because I knew, I knew it would be translation of the book and legal papers and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm, that's not, I'm, a, I'm a speaker and a trainer. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in the book business. So I said, okay, law of attraction, here's what I need. Next day, I got a call from New York. This woman identified herself as Liza. She said she was a foreign rights agent, and I shut up. Wow. I just listened. Wow. And she said, we have somebody from Portugal that wants to buy the rights to your book, but nobody knows who you are, and we can't even find your book anywhere, except it's number three on Amazon. Now, by this time, I had it on Amazon. And she said, we'd like to represent you and get it published. I said, oh, I said... I've got an Excel spreadsheet with 37 countries. And I think she fainted on the phone. And I said, Liza, hello, are you there? She said, you have 37 countries? I said, yeah. So she sold all 37 books to 37 countries within two weeks. Wow. Wow. And then she wrote back and she said, do you want to sell the English rights? She said, because I have a million dollar offer for it. And I said, oh, really? And remember, I didn't want to be in the book business. I'm a speaker and a trainer. And she said, um, yes, the people from the, that published The Secret would like to buy it, and they'd like to change the cover and include The Secret. I said, no. Mm. She said, what do you mean, no? I said, no. My book came out three years before The Secret. There's no reference to The Secret in there. And she said, Mr. Loja, you are crazy giving up an offer like that. And I wrote back, and I, meanwhile, I'm selling 1,500 books a day on Amazon. Wow. Trust me, wow. I wasn't in a rush to sell it, I, although... Now I'm calling my printer and ordering 10,000 books, 20,000 books, 50,000 books. I'm paying invoices for $100,000. It was like just bizarre for me, right? So she called, and, and uh, anyway, she said, what would, you, what would get you to change it? I said, zero changes. She said, oh, Michael, you don't know the industry. I said, Liza, you don't know me. I said, if you're going to work with me, you need to know that I only do matches. And a match would be somebody that wants to make zero changes. She said, oh, you are giving away a million-dollar deal here. And I said, I only do matches. I kept telling her that. Mm. And she was very, you know, New Yorker. She was very firm with me and abrupt with me. And I just said, I thought, you know, I'm looking at my bank account online. So you multiply $1,200 times $100 every, or $10 every day. I said, I wasn't in a hurry. Make a long story short, she called two days later. She said, I have two publishing houses that want to interview you. They agreed on the price and zero changes. So that's how I sold my book, Law of Attraction.
So I self-published, which means self-financed, and then I sold it after three years. And now it's published in 37 languages. I sold 3 million copies of it. And uh, I've certified 450 people in 17 countries that have become law of attraction facilitators. And they're delivering, not all of them, of course, but they were trained to deliver seminars teaching law of attraction. Since then, there's a law of attraction center in China, Indonesia, uh, Philippines, and Malaysia. Did I say Hong Kong? In Hong Kong. Everywhere. So they have active Everywhere. law of attraction centers that they're actually busy. And they bring me once a, once a year, once every two years to show me off and host me, and they build enough business for me being there for a whole year. So that's my well, story. That is, than- uh, <laughs> that is amazing. And to think, Michael, we met when you had just launched the book. When you were on the stage with Harvecker, I think it was yeah. 2002 or something like that. Oh, so. it was, yes, it was before it was famous. And I didn't know nothing about song at the back of the room and all that other stuff. But Harv trusted me. And I think he, had, he said he had my book and it was in his bathroom. That's what he said. Harvecker's, my book was in Harvecker's bathroom. And he said, I read it all the time. It's my favorite read. So he trusted <laughs> me. He groomed me a little bit. And I remember that presentation. It was magical. It was the, the most money I'd ever made in a presentation or a seminar. And my career, you know, took off not from that, but as a, you know, that was one of the things that caused my whole career. But one of the tipping points, one of the people that you invited there were Harv is a master from selling from the front of the room to the back of the room. And there's, prob- there's very few who are better. That is for sure. So, well, that is an amazing story. And, you know, Michael, we hadn't really talked since we did that interview before, except for some interchanges over the years. So congratulations. That's amazing. And to sell 250,000 copies self-published on your own, you know, in Canada, a bestseller is five or 10,000. I don't even know what a bestseller is in the U.S., but it just uh, phenomenal uh, work. So obviously this is the work that you're destined to do. So can we transition, Mike, from your story and that amazing proof and credibility that this works and it's worked for you, is can we now leave the listeners with your uh, three-step process or you know the elements that are in the law of attraction in a summary? You know, Even though it's been out there for many, many uh, years, there are some people who are not familiar with it or just have need to be reminded of the principles of the fact of the law of attraction. And by the way, I'm with you on um, some of the gaps that were happening with this other thing called the secret. And I said, no, no, Michael's got this down better than that. There were some things that were missing. So uh, not to speak ill there, I'm just speaking positive of your work, which really provided a roadmap. So let's let's just think about, first of all, what is the law of attraction as a definition for people? What, is, what does that mean? Because there's so many definitions. Yeah, I want to acknowledge there's two audiences. There's still a, more people haven't that don't know about law of attraction than do, right? There's some people that haven't been exposed to it. And then there's the other audience that know about it, but they don't really know the how-tos. So we're speaking to both of those groups. Right. So, you know, the word law of attraction, although it might be new to some people, the experience isn't. You know, every time we use the word coincidence or synchronicity, or serendipity, or fate, or karma. Wow, everything's meant to be. Everything's falling into place. If you've ever used those expressions, which we have, sometimes you say, wow, Ken, I was just thinking about you. What a coincidence. This is so synchronistic. 
So most mm-hmm. people have used one of those words, synchronicity, serendipity, and so on, and fate and karma and meant to be. Those words are used to describe evidence of law of attraction. So when I say, this is such a coincidence, I was just thinking about you. I could really say, this is so law of attraction. So mm-hmm. what I'm, my point that I'm making here, the experience isn't new, the word is. So the good news is you're already experiencing it. The better news is I'm going to teach you how to do it deliberately or on purpose. Yes. So one of the definitions for law of attraction that I use, it says, I attract to my life and business, and I like to make that distinct because this isn't just about your personal life, it's also about mm-hmm. your business. There's no separation. You don't turn it off at 5 o'clock. It's on all the time. Mm. I'll say it again. Whatever I give my attention, energy, and focus to, now, it sounds like I'm telling you to do three things. I need to give it attention. I need to give it focus. I need to give it energy. Well, the truth is they're all the same word. I'm just satisfying different styles. So if I give something my attention, I'm really giving it my focus. And mm. if I'm giving it my focus, I'm really giving it my energy. So just one of those things. Whatever you give your attention, energy, and focus to, you'll get more of it, whether it's negative or positive. Now, a lot of people make claim to law of attraction when they attract positive things. They'll say, hey, look at me. I attracted a new job. It's so law of attraction. Or I attracted a new boyfriend or girlfriend. Law of attraction. But when a negative stuff happened, they didn't, they didn't credit law of attraction. You see, law of attraction is this energy around us that I can't prove to anybody. I'd love to be able to put it in a Petri dish and pass it around the room and say, hey, mm-hmm. Ken, do you believe me now? It's at, it's at work right now. Like a lot of thinkers need to know that. But I don't try to prove it to people. Well, um, so just not to at work. What's that? Th- just not to interrupt your flow. But one of the things we teach, Michael, is that you know people can walk in the room, and if there's conflict, if there's anger, if there's um, this tension in the room, you can feel it. So this idea that it's not evident, it, it actually is evident. You you can sense that. You can feel that. Now you can't see it but you feel it. So, I mean, the reality is, is that vibration or that uh, energy is there when somebody's really angry with you. I mean, it comes across the room and uh, attacks your, your inside. And you say, well, how does that happen? I don't know all the science, but it's there. So continue, yeah. sorry. Well, the, the word vibration, you know, you and I are using it easily and freely, but years ago, we didn't use the word vibration. We used the word vibe because everybody mm-hmm. knows what a vibe is. And right. in the seminar, I'll say, you know, do you ever uh, show my hand? Who here, some, they know some of, some of their friends have negative vibes. Everybody puts up their hand. But right. if I said who has a negative vibration, they don't know what that means. But here's the secret. The word vibe actually comes from the longer word vibration. So when mm. I'm training, I use the word vibe. And there's only two kinds, negative ones and positive ones. And a mm. vibe is just a mood or a feeling. So a negative vibe comes from a negative feeling. So if I'm feeling ticked off and angry and guilt and shame and blame and and disappointment, when I'm Mm -hmm. having those feelings without even doing it on purpose, I'm sending out or putting out or emitting a vibe. And a Mm -hmm. vibe isn't something that you smell or taste or hear. It's something that you feel. We've all been around people that have a negative vibe, and that means they're sending out a negative feeling. We know what that means. Mm -hmm. We also know people like us that have positive vibes. You know, we're, uh, you know, we're uh, happy and joyous and abundant and, and uh, um, you know, love and appreciation and gratitude. When we have those feelings, we're sending up a positive vibe. I and mean, there's only two kinds. So right now, 
you're, all of us are emitting a negative or positive vibe. There's only two kinds. Now let's cue law of attraction. It's in your room. It's in your office. It's in your car. It is this universal energy. And law of attraction mm -hmm. has one job. It's the easiest job on the planet. You know, when I worked for the government, I had a 17-page job description. Law of attraction has two words. Match vibration. It's like mm -hmm. a robot. Here's a vibration. What do I do with it? Match it. Here's a vibration. What do I do with it? Match it. Here's a positive vibration. What do I do with it? Match it. Here's a negative one. What do I do with it? Match it. So I'm going to say this respectfully. Law of attraction is not very smart. It doesn't know whether you want it or don't want it, whether it's good mm -hmm. or bad for you, whether it's helpful or not helpful, whether it's negative or positive. It doesn't care because it doesn't have a brain. It doesn't it just, have a It just fulfills its call. It That's just right. fulfills its call. That's okay. why it's called the law. What is the law? Matching. The law says to match. Yeah, but what if it's negative? I don't care. The law says to match. Mm. So in short, if you're attracting negative things, you had to have been sending the negative vibe that created it. And if you're attracting positive things, you had to have been sending the positive vibe that attracted it. So what I've been teaching people for the last 15 years is how to be a deliberate sender of positive vibrations and how to reduce and eliminate negative vibrations. Mm. Mm -hmm. There's so many individuals eavesdropping right now and right, it's eavesdropping right now. And when it finds that it, it matches it, it doesn't check to see who you are. It doesn't know we're nice people. It doesn't keep right. a law of attraction. Doesn't keep a report card on us. It's matching the vibration right then. Our business friends, first thing Monday morning, they get an email with a council client and they say, Oh, I hate when I get a council client that drives me crazy. And now they're giving attention and energy to client councils canceling clients, mm -hmm. and now law of attraction is eavesdropping on their vibration. So another two hours, they get another client cancel. They say, what's going on? It's the second one today, and a third one, and they say, that's it. They throw their hands up in the air and say, I don't know what's going on today. It's the third cancellation. But if I was there, I would say, the obedient law of attraction is eavesdropping on your vibration. And every mm -hmm. time you get a council appointment, you're complaining about it. You're telling 10 people. You're going to IHateCancellations.com. You're giving it way more attention. And law of attraction mm -hmm. doesn't know whether you want it or don't want it. It's busy unfolding and orchestrating to match the vibration that you are sending. But the good news is you can reset those results by resetting mm -hmm. your vibe. So how might I do that? So now... And you're going to get into it. I know you're way ahead of me. I, I mean, I don't have to interview. I just have to sit here. I and apologize listen. for that. No, no, that's great. You're, are you in the flow? Are you in the energy? Oh, yeah, Come totally. on, like, let's go. you make my job easy. Uh, I just thought I would just uh, pipe in every once in a while so people know I'm still here. And so, and I say that with a big smile on my face, Mike. Is so as so I I'm doing it now. One of the things I just want to point out to the listeners, Mike, on your behalf. Certainly. And I'm guilty of this at different times where we have to be responsible how we respond. You, you know, we can do this with our relationships, right? He said, you know what? You're never on time. You're always late. And so I put those kinds of comments out and then I get more of it. And why should I be surprised? Yes. Oh, I hate when clients count. I hate when clients don't pay on time. I hate, you know, whatever you can complain about turns into a vibration. And same with single people. I, I talked to somebody, I said, tell me about your dating life. Oh, I keep attracting men that don't have jobs and they live with their mother and they're negative. And, or I keep attracting women that are too dependent and they don't have any money. And, and I'm thinking, well, that's because that's the vibration that you're sending. This mm. is an important sentence I'm going to say. You write it down if you're taking notes, anybody, everybody. <laughs> 
You don't get what you want. You get what you vibrate. Mm. Law of attraction doesn't know what you want, but it knows what you're vibrating. So the words we use actually form the thoughts that we think. So when I'm thinking about something, it's a collection of words, or it could be something I'm looking at, but it's words. Mm. And now when I'm thinking about something, within a second, I start to have a feeling about it. So if I'm thinking about, wow, I'm enjoying this interview with Ken, now I'm sending a positive vibe. Mm-hmm. Thinking, oh, I don't like, you know, somebody else, oh, I don't like this interview, it's, not, it's going nowhere, now I'm sending a negative vibe. Here's my point. The words I'm using are forming the thoughts that I'm thinking. The thoughts that I'm thinking are causing me to set out, put the vibe out. And now what we learn today in more detail, when I'm sending any vibe, law of attraction matches it, and then I get my results. We have a statement that we say that the wor- your words matter. Oh, they do. The, your words are shaping your world. And if you're curious, everyone listening, if you're curious and you want to know what the vibe is that you're sending about money, open your wallet. It's a perfect match. Do you want to know the vibe you're oh, sending oh, about Mike, customers Mike, and clients? Would that, yeah, that hurts people, doesn't it? When they it look does. in their wallet and it's empty and they say, but I want more money. Yeah, well, you don't get what you want, you get what you vibrate. I, you can say you want more money, but you're worried. Now you're panicking. You're in, you have anxiety about money. You don't have enough money. You're worried about money. Law of attraction doesn't care the words you use. You can say, I want more money. Well, you saying you want more money doesn't offer the vibration of it. Or you're mm-hmm. curious about um, the clients that you're getting. You don't have, you know, well, open your client file folders. It's a perfect match. Or... You, you know, you're wondering what your, you know, your results about attracting a boyfriend or girlfriend. Well, how's that working for you? I also want to remind people I didn't create the rule. I'm just teaching it. And the mm. rule is you get what you vibrate. If you're, if you're attracting negative things, you send a negative vibe. If you're attracting positive things, you send a positive vibe. If it was Michael Loge's rule, it would be just attract positive things, period. That, that'd, be, that'd be the rule, but that's not the rule. Right. Yeah, so there's three words in our vocabulary that whenever we use them, it causes us to uh, attract negative things. Just three words. Now, I'm going to tell you what the three words are, and I'm going to give people homework. Your homework is to eliminate and reduce these three words from your vocabulary. And guess what? Most people use them 100 times before noon, and they wonder why their life sucks. Here's the three I, words. And I, I have the page open. You go for it, sir. The first <laughs> word is don't. The second word is not, N-O-T. And the third word is only two words long, two letters long. It's no. Don't, not, and no. Now, Ken, we're going to play a little game. It's a law of yes, attraction sir. game. You're going to be yes, a law sir. of attraction. You're going to eavesdrop on my conversation, and you're going to tell me what I'm giving attention to. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's I don't do it. want my clients to cancel. You want your clients to cancel. Yeah, I gave attention to client cancelling. I don't want this to be difficult. What did I give attention to? Difficult. Uh, I don't want to be rejected. What did I give attention to? Rejection. I don't want to attract a date that's unemployed. Oh, unemployed dates. Here they come. Yeah, no drugs, no sex, don't drink and drive, don't slam the door, don't spill your milk, don't beat up your brother, don't forget your homework, don't park here. Don't you love it? And we wonder why our kids are... uh, not flowing the way they could. Yes. Don't you love it when your doctor says this will not hurt? It's like, well, I didn't think it was until you brought it up. 
<laughs> you see, every time we use the word don't, not, and no, you cannot not give it attention. And if you're not sure, go to Google and type in no sex and see what shows up, or no football. You see, Google strips away the words don't, not, and no, and it brings you what you said you didn't want. So mm. Google is like law of attraction. Whatever you give it, you'll get it in return. So if you go to Google and you type in people that keep their appointments, you'll get documents and pictures of people that keep their appointments. If you type in not, keep, uh, not keeping appointments, you'll find people not keeping appointments. It's as simple as the words. So earlier you said the words shape our world. It's true. The words are important. So now, Michael, uh, I'm going to just stop you there for a second. And here you are so gifted and you have so much you want to share with everybody. I want to stop for a second, just take a breather. Give me a couple of examples of how I convert, and you have a, a grid in your book, how I convert my current language of don't, okay? So I say to my son, don't stay up late. How would you rephrase that for Very the good. listeners? Well, in NLP, we call that reframing, right? And, the, the re, so, and, and, and so now we're moving into teaching people how to reset. And if you imagine a reset button, because we all love a reset button, right? When something breaks down in my house, I tip it upside down to see if there's a reset button. And if there is, I'm right. pleased. It's like, finally, a reset button. So I'm going to teach people how to reset the negative results to positive results. And there's a sentence to use. So here's the instruction. Mm. Whenever we use the word don't, not, and no, here's the reset sentence. So what do I want? I'll say it again. So what do I want? So, Ken, let's build, uh, for, for example, you, you know, you're telling uh, your, your, your children, don't forget your homework, and I want you to hear Michael Loche's voice in your head say, Ken, what do you want? So how would mm -hmm. you reframe that? Uh, kids, remember your homework. That's right. Don't spill your milk. Oh, Michael Loche said, so what do I want? So don't spill your milk becomes? Kids, just hold on to your milk, or something like that. How would you say it? Yeah, same thing. I would say drink your milk carefully. Don't slam the door, so what do I want? Close the door gently. Don't beat up your brother, what do I want? Make sure you take care, take care of your brother. <laughs> Don't talk back to your mother like that, so what do I want? Be respectful to your mother. Yes. Don't touch the stove. Be careful with the stove. That's right. Keep your hands down. So here's the point we just made, Ken. Every sentence that has the word don't, not, and no in it can be reframed. Even if park, I'm going to, I'm going to test you now. Uh, you go to a department store, big sign on the left-hand door says, don't use this door. What could it say? Uh, <laughs> use this door. Over yeah, here. use the other door. How about this yeah. sign? Don't park here could say what? Uh, oh, now we'd say, you can't say no parking. So how would you say that one? Well, if I, if I went to a lot, instead of saying don't park here, the arrow could say, Park over there. Right. You know, one time I'm in Malaysia and I did a seminar. And uh, on the break, I went to use the washroom. And, and above the paper towels, a big sign, don't waste the paper towels. I thought that was so funny. So there was a thousand people in the room. So I go back out to the seminar after the break. And I, I, said, I said, ladies, is there a sign in the bathroom? And, and I said, what did it say? And everybody noticed it, right? Because I just brought this to their consciousness. So we all laughed about how the sign said, and what you saw underneath the paper towel was balls of paper towel. You know how people do that? They don't want to touch mm -hmm. handles and stuff. So there's paper towel everywhere. Everyone's wasting it. 
So we go back at lunchtime, and the sign was changed. And it said, please use paper towels sparingly. Mm. And you just feel the calmness. So here's what I want everyone to hear. When you go from what you don't want to what you do want, the words change. Don't forget becomes remember. Mm -hmm. I don't want to attract negative clients becomes I want to attract positive clients. I don't want to attract people that can't pay me becomes I want to attract people that can pay me. When you go from what you don't want to what you do want, the words change. Then when the words change, the vibration changes. And now you're sending a new vibration. And the good news, you can only hold one vibration at a time. And now law of attraction is eavesdropping on your new recently reset vibration. And now it starts to yield the results. It's interesting, Michael. So, I mean, part of this for everybody listening is you have to pay attention. And when we do sales training, uh, Michael, one of the comments I make is when's the best time to sell something? And the answer to that is right after you sold something. Why? Because you have this confidence and this vibration, this energy of uh, I can overcome the world. I have just got this success. I was able to close this deal. And so I'm in the space. My skills have not improved but my mindset and my energy has transferred. That's right. And another little thing that happened, you just prove that you can sell something. And the thing that stops manifestation is people's doubt. So the minute you have proof, after that sale in the car, I would do this. Oh, I loved how that happened. Here's the things I liked about that. Remember, this is all about giving attention. I love that they met me and they were on time. I love that they paid me up front. I love that they, in other words, you just go on a rampage about all the things that you liked about that sale. And as you're going on the rampage about all the things you liked about that sale, guess what's eavesdropping? It's called law of attraction. So now it starts to unfold and orchestrate to bring you another sale. And then what do we say, Ken? Wow, am I ever on a? Roll. Roll. It's a vibrational roll. In other words, our vibrations are what determines the outcome. Mm. Now, this is a little heads up on people on the way to a sales meeting. What do most people say? Oh, I hope I don't waste my time on this. You know, I hope, they, I hope they're not going to ask me a ton of questions. Oh, I don't want people that don't have any money. I hope I don't get rejected. All those thoughts, even though you never said them out loud, because remember, law of attraction doesn't have ears. It doesn't know if you're thinking it, reading it, typing it, eating it, smelling it, watching it, or remembering it. So on the way to the meeting is where you plant the seed. You're thinking, here's what I'd like. You know what? I'd like today's meeting to go like last Saturday's. Remember last Saturday's meeting? Boy, I closed that sale in four questions. They actually bought double. They showed up on time. Now, Law of Attraction doesn't know that you're remembering last week's sale. Mm. It's responding to the vibration that you're sending when you remember. This is a Law of Attraction hack. Law of Attraction doesn't know where the vibration comes from. It responds to it. So spend more time acknowledging and celebrating the ideal sale. And in doing so, you're giving the vibration. And law of attraction doesn't know where it comes from. It's not very smart, but it is very obedient. Like you said, we don't necessarily get what we want. We get what we say, what we think, what we respond to in terms of our energy. So now, <laughs> Michael, we had a plan to go into your purpose book, but we only have five minutes left. So we're going to have you back on the show sometime this fall. So everybody's going to want to listen to this again. So, but I, I'd like to re, uh, bring uh, some bows to the final steps in your law of attraction and also how they can get a hold of you and get your book and all these kinds of things. So what, what, is, what do I need to do next? 
So I've, I'm, I'm getting rid of these words, I'm trying to manage my language, yet I don't have these things there. You know, that cleans up your negative vibe. When you reduce the words don't, not, and no, you start to reset your vibration. Now you're sending a positive vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's time to use law of attraction. You can't attract things if you have a negative vibe. It would buck the current. Mm-hmm. So the way to get what you want, pretend you're going to order a pizza. Before you call the pizza company, you need to get clear about what you want on the pizza. You don't call them and tell them all the things you don't want on a pizza. Hey, I'd like to order a pizza. Here's what I don't want on it. We don't do that. But we do it with most things out, out, other than people. You know, it's an interesting, that's an interesting story. I, I love the simplicity of that, Mike, where I phone up, by the way, I don't want anchovies, I don't want pepperoni, I don't want salami. But what do you want, Ken? Well, I'm not sure. So many people are showing up in life every morning that way, though, aren't they? They are. And the that's same thing is true for um, Google. You don't do a search on Google and tell it what you're not looking for. See, in some areas, we're good. At restaurants, we know how to order what we want. Uh, ordering a pizza. So the first step is to know what you want. And the best way to know what you want is to know what you don't want. So earlier, you would build the list. Here's what I don't want in my clients. So what do you want? So now you have a paper list in front of you. Guess what? Mm. It not, doesn't place the order. If you came to my place and we were going to order a pizza, we would discuss first. I'd say, Ken, what don't you like on the pizza? You'd say, I don't like anchovies. We'd say, okay, what do we want instead? So we would have a list in front of us on a piece of paper of what I'm going to order. But it doesn't place the order, does it? Now mm-hmm. I have to place the order. So step number one in law of attraction is identify what you want. And the best way to know what you do want is to know what you don't want. Now you've got to place the order. In law of attraction, remember how I opened up today's session? I said... Whatever you give your attention, energy, and focus to. Mm-hmm. So now I need to give attention, energy, and focus to this desire. Now I have it on a list. Now I'm going to give it attention, energy, and focus. I might write some desire statements about it. I might do a macaroni collage about it. I might do a visualization. Whatever you need to do to give it attention, you'll find your own way. Mm. Now a lot of people listening said, Michael and Ken, I've done that. I've been building lists for five years. I've made collages. I've visualized. I told 10 friends. I'm praying. I've done dream boards. And I've got my hands on my hips saying, where is it at? That's most people. Mm. Here's the third step. It's the most important step in the formula. It's also the least understood. It's called allowing. And allowing means you haven't allowed it in. So it'd be like ordering a pizza Here's what Ken and I want on our pizza. Let's call pizza, 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 order it. And we order it. Say we, so we did step one and two. But now we don't answer the door. We're not allowing them in. And then what do we do? So I better order it again. So now we order another pizza because we didn't get the first one like law of attraction. Now we've got two pizza delivery people out in the hallway because we haven't allowed them in. Mm. You see, most people are good at ordering, but they're not very good at allowing it in. So here's what allowing is. Allowing is the absence of doubt. And doubt's a negative vibration. So on one hand, we say we want to have more clients, more money, boyfriend or girlfriend, more clients. And on the other hand, it's doubt. And the negative vibration of doubt has just diluted the positive vibration of desire. So on a scale of 1 to 10, if I say that I want to attract 10 new clients and I'm all excited and I tell 10 friends and I do a collage and I give it attention, energy, focus, and now on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm giving it a 10. But then a little voice comes in my head and says, you can't have that, Michael. Who do you think you are? 
You're just a government employee. Come on, Michael. Yeah, you, Ken you can't can't sell you books Ken to can people. Have 10, but you can't. So now that is the voice of doubt. So on a scale of minus 1 to minus 10, minus representing the negative vibration, guess what? I got a minus 10 for doubt and a positive 10 for desire. Somebody do the math. The net, net effect zero. of the equation is zero. Mm. Write this sentence down if you're listening. The speed at which law of attraction will manifest your desire, I'll say that again, the speed at which law of attraction will manifest your desire is equal to how much you are allowing. So, it's equal to how much you are allowing. So, Ken, what's the most important step in the formula? Is it knowing what you want or allowing? And your answer is? It's allowing. allowing. Now, now, Michael, because we have so little time here. I know. How... Um, well, we have lots of time. We'll, we'll, we'll have you. This is the beauty of having you back. By the way, I want to tell a story that's completely off track, and I want to get back to this allowing in one second. It was interesting how you came to be on here because one of the things I had in my mindset is I want to have amazing guests on our podcast. And I was streaming through LinkedIn, and there's a posting from you, Mike. It was immediately after I was thinking that, and I said, well, there you go. <laughs> so you, you are an example of, of it working. So what do I need to do to reduce this doubt and to, to open this allowing uh, faucet? Yeah, open, open the allowing faucet, the receiving faucet. Like we're good at shipping, but we're not good at receiving it. So mm. here's another sentence to write down. You can tell I'm a trainer. So instead of, I just can't be interviewed. I have to train. Allowing is the absence of doubt. And the best way to get rid of doubt is to find proof. I'll say it again. Allowing is void or is the absence of doubt. And the best way to get rid of doubt is to find proof. So remember earlier I said, find one client that proved that you can attract, you know, remember that client that showed up on time, that paid mm -hmm. on time, that gave mm -hmm. you referrals, or could be a collection of clients. That's your proof. So tell your sub subconscious conscious mind, say, wow, I remember when Bob hired me. Boy, he paid right up on time. I love when that happens. So when you prove it happens, it removes the doubt that it can happen. Mm. And the only thing that stops manifestation is negative vibration that's caused from doubt. You see, most people have strong desires, but they have a lot of doubt that's canceling it. So become a proof seeker. Start seeking out proof of your attractability, which means your ability to attract. And even if it's only one thing out of the five things that you want, still acknowledge that one thing. Well, I meant, you know, for example, here's what people do. This is going to take a minute. Some people are going to meet a new possible client or customer today. They're going to spend a half hour with them, talk about their service and spend time and present it and do everything. And at the end of the meeting, the person's going to say, nah, I don't think I'm going to want that. And then the salesperson is on the way home. And what are they doing? Oh, what a waste of time that was. They wasted my time. But here's what I want you to do on the way home. Find the matches. So you know what I liked about that person? They gave me a half hour. They also showed mm. up in time. I like that. They also had money because they told me that they did. They also asked me really good questions. So now, even though you didn't get that sale, seek the proof of the matches to your desire. And as you're celebrating the matches to your desire, you're now including that in your vibration. 
And that will set you up vibrationally for the next meeting. Mm, wow. There is so much more, Michael. That's why you were interviewed four times by Oprah, because they were not done. And we will do it again. We will have you back. And I just so appreciate uh, you articulating and sharing your passion. I mean, if, if you guys out there listening, if you're not excited, if you're not jacked, uh, you, you need to listen to this again. Come on. So, uh, Michael, how might people find out about your new work? You're doing some work. We'll do a show on your new work around emotional codes. I'll do, we'll do, a sh uh, we'll, um, do some work around your purpose book as well. And, you know, that's our space. And so we always want to hear different perspectives there. But how might I find out about what you're doing, Michael? Yeah, well, every Friday I host a live Facebook show. I have 1.7 million views on my, I've been doing it for two years every Friday. It's 9 a.m. Pacific time. You can go to my webpage, which is hangoutwithmichael.com, and you can see my Law of Attraction book, my NLP book, my Life's Purpose book, and on the top right it says Live Show, and you can watch the last live shows that I did on all of those subjects. So keeping people up to date on, uh, you know, in my book, for example, I didn't use the pizza example, and I use it in seminars, and everybody said, oh, I get it. So my book is old. My book is 15 years old, so I have a lot of new content, and you can catch up with that on hangoutwithmichael.com. Awesome. And Michael, if you were to leave a final tidbit or encouragement or piece of wisdom for the listeners, what would that be today? Mind your vibration. It's your Mind only your job. Vibration. Mind and it and protect it. In other words, eliminate things that you include that are negative. People, the news. Mm. If you look through your file folders and you have a client that ticks you off every time you see it, get rid of them. That one client is contaminating your vibration around clients. Oh, Be so selfish, thing. and selfish means self-care. Be so selfish about what you give attention and energy, so much so that you start to mind your own vibration. Michael, well, thank you very much for being the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you have been given a gift. And so I just encourage that you would listen, you would pay attention, you would apply all the things that Michael has shared with you. And this is just the beginning. So take ownership for your life. As we wrap up every show, we just ask if you've enjoyed what we're doing, if you could leave a positive comment on SoundCloud or iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this, if you could share it, if you could pass it on, it's very much appreciated. We thank you for listening to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. You know, CRG's been building out some new tools, and I mentioned a few shows ago that we have come out with the uh, new uh, product called the Job Style Compatibility. And that is where we compare a person's personal style or sales style with the job style and we give you a compatibility report meaning how does the nature of the person compare to the nature of the position and we are doing a promotion is that you can contact the office just do info at crgleader.com if you want to participate in a free trial for as many job style compatibility reports as you would like in your company in a 90-day period if you are interested in this promotion then email that, say, listen, I'd like to try the free trial. We'll take care of you and we'll deploy that. But you do as many as you want and then let us know how that has served you in hiring the right person the first time. 
Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.